0: Lecture from 1965 titled The Real Men. I do hope we can make this the most productive session that we've ever had. If you apply it, I know we can. What I tell you is not speculation, it's all based upon experience. Tonight's subject is the real man. If I tell you that the real man is your own wonderful human imagination, would you believe it? If I speak of imagination you don't think of man you think of well a faculty, a power, some creative, productive power, but you don't really think of man. But if you ever hear the word Jesus, you think of man, don't you? One billion persons in the world call themselves Christians and they believe Jesus or they believe in Jesus Christ. And they believe in Jesus Christ as a man, a man that is God but man but if i tell you that jesus christ is your own wonderful human imagination would you believe that would you really believe that imagination is man well tonight i hope i can in some way persuade you that jesus christ is your own wonderful human imagination i do not know if you have seen the current issue of life magazine it's a double issue well, in it the whole book is devoted this coming issue to the bible but one thought stands out the thought of albert schweitzer you must have heard of albert schweitzer he is a great philosopher theologian musicologist and doctor of medicine he made a concerted effort to find the historic jesus then he brought out his findings in a book called the quest of the historic jesus in the last chapter we begin with on the negative note that the Jesus of Nazareth has never existed never existed the Jesus of Nazareth but he ends the book on this note he comes to us as one unknown without a name he commands us follow me and to those who will obey him he will reveal himself and how does he reveal himself he reveals himself as Schweitzer said in an inevitable mystery how in this manner to those who will follow him through the trials the conflicts the sufferings as they must pass through them he revealed himself in this strange manner in their own experience and then they will know who he is that's how he comes to man he had no existence and yet he comes to one as one unknown one without a name and yet in man's personal experience He reveals himself in this strange, peculiar way, and then you have the experience. You know who he is. We are told in scripture, be imitators of God as beloved children. In other words, experience a biography of God. Well, I can't induce it, it's not something that is uh, self-engendered, it's something that comes out of the nowhere. But do set my hope fully upon this experience, this grace that is coming to me at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 Let me understand who he really is. Well, who is Jesus Christ? I said earlier, it's your own wonderful human imagination. Well, what in Scripture tells me that Jesus Christ is my own imagination? Turn to the first chapter of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And these are the words of his first letter the jews demand signs and the greeks seek wisdom but we preach christ crucified so the jews it's or to the jews it's a stumbling block and to the greeks it's folly all foolishness but to those who are called christ the power of god and the wisdom of god verse 1 22 through 24 so he takes christ and makes it now the power of god The wisdom of god well you can't separate your own creative power from yourself so the power of god and the wisdom of god you have to think in terms of god well is god man while standing before you yes i can confess that god is man i stood in the presence of the risen christ i stood in the presence of man not some huge force not some strange peculiar light a man. Infinite love was a presence that stood before me and asked me and talked to me, face to face, and asked me, What is the greatest thing in the world? I answered in the words of the one who wrote the words I've just quoted. Those words are the words of Paul, and I said, Love. Infinite love embraced me, and I fused with love, and we became one man, not two men, one man, one body one being, and then I was sent to tell you what I've been trying to tell you over the years, for to be called also means to be sent. You can't be called and not sent. Everyone that is called knows who he is, and to those who are called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Then you come back into this world and you experiment and you tell it and you try it out. You try it out in a thousand ways and it proves itself in performance every time you try it. If you really get fired within yourself, you must be fired. You must want something really wanted. Sometimes you make mistakes, make a thousand mistakes and you hurt. But nevertheless, you are trying a power and the power is Christ. So Christ is this wonderful power. That is your own wonderful human imagination. Now, you might have read in the papers recently of the great meeting that took place in Montreal, Canada, the 131st anniversary of the American Association of the Advancement of Science. All of the great scientists of our land and from other lands came together, and they all contributed what they had discovered in the past year. Or maybe they had been trying for years and didn't quite discover something until now. But whatever they discovered they brought to this great convention in Montreal, which ended the last day of last year. So it's only a week ago. And here, one scientist made this strange statement. He said, we have taken the body. We've we've dissected it. We've analyzed it. We know everything about the human body, but everything. We have put it under the microscope. We can see something beyond man's eye to see under the microscope. We've cut every little portion of it. We have seen it in operation, but one thing still remains a miracle. And he hated to use the word miracle, because as a scientist, there aren't any miracles. It it appears to be a miracle until we find the cause behind the phenomena. But this is what he said. The sperm somehow easily penetrates or passes through the surface of the shell, the egg. Although on the surface of the egg, there are no holes, either before... Or after fertilization the sperm passes through so easily the surface of the egg and yet the surface of the egg has no holes either before or after In the book of Ephesians Paul's letter he speaks of this and he tells us how that which is the seed is Christ the promise was made to Abraham and to his seed not to his seeds referring to many but to his seed referring to one and the seed is Christ Galatians 3 16 I say Christ is your own wonderful human imagination can any power in this world stop you from imagining that you are in an egg could any power in this world seal something completely and make it hermetically sealed can any power in this world stop you from assuming that you are in it no hole on the outside none whatsoever well may I tell you From my own personal experience, when I awoke within this skull of mine, there were no openings. How did I get into it in the first place? Did someone put me there? Or was I led there? Was I enticed there? Listen to the words of Blake. When weary man enters his cave, he meets his savior in the grave. This cavern, this cave, suddenly becomes a grave. Well, who is this one that I meet? For when I woke, I was alone, there was no other, or there was no one with me. So, when weary man enters his cave, he meets his savior in the grave. Some find a female garment there, and some a male, woven with care. So I go into this cave. <coughs> Excuse me, how can I get into the cave? When I awoke in my skull, there was no opening whatsoever it was completely sealed hermetically sealed and i broke it like a chicken coming out and i broke it from the base of the skull and came out but there was no opening not one hole from without looking at my head now you see seven openings two eyes two ears two nostrils and a mouth but that's not the skull i entered that's not the skull that you enter This creative power that you are, you enter this sealed shell. He calls it the mundane egg. When you enter the mundane egg, then you find a veil. He tells us, and you find veins of red red blood woven into the scarlet robe. And the scarlet robe, which is like a sleeping veil, is really a funeral mantle. For you're dead. You enter that area, and there you dream and dream for unnumbered years. This world, the whole world, is our dream because we are the creative power of God. We are all imagination, and imagination is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. There is nothing but God, only God. So God became man deliberately. To what? To simply expand his creative power beyond what it was when he limited himself to this egg this shell this mundane shell this mundane egg that is man so i say everyone here you can prove it now if this is not true you can disprove it in 24 hours you can't disprove what i'll tell you later but you can disprove the power just in 24 hours how would i disprove it well here is one he writes me a letter I got it yesterday morning. I don't see him here tonight. He said I went to bed as I always do, thinking of nothing in particular. And then I said, "What am I doing?" I have gone to Neville. I have his books. I believe him, but I don't apply what he teaches. So, I'm going fishing, but literally fishing. He is a member of a club of a club that's called the Gun and Something Else Club, the Gun and Something Club. I'm not familiar with these clubs, for I'm not a joiner, but he's a member of a club where it's called by some other hunting name, and he was going out fishing. Well, you cannot, unless you bring back at least six and a half pound trout, even be mentioned among the members. Well, he wanted to be the biggest aspedistra uh, of them all, so in his imagination he puts himself into this stream or he's fishing, and he calls it the silverhead trout. So, um. Uh, there's a word missing. So blank goes with the crowd. No one is catching anything, but he caught one. It was uh, It was only about six pounds, and a little boy caught one that was something like, almost nine pounds. Well, he threw his line in again, all in his imagination. And before he went to this place, he'd done it in his imagination. And one little hook, and he thought he held some kind of a piece of timber. But it wasn't. It began to move, and it buried itself. And he weighed it out to his waist and disengaged his hook. And here was a a twelve-and-a-half-pound trout. The biggest thing the club has ever had. All in his imagination he did it first. Now he goes out. He may forget it from that moment on. He'd be so lost in, the 12 and a half, uh, in his 12-and-a-half-pound trout. He never tried to catch $12,000. He never tried uh, to catch a million dollars. You can catch anything in this world. They're all fish. Everything is fish in this world, but everything in the world just like that. But he thought, all right, I'll try it. I'll try it tonight. So he tried it and the very next day he goes out and he brings back his twelve and and a half pound trout, and a length beyond anything this club had ever received. I say he may go sound asleep once more and completely forget the creative power that is his own wonderful human imagination, that is Jesus Christ. Now, in this world today, there are one billion persons who call themselves Christians, and you say Jesus to them, Oh, yes, we believe in Jesus, and they think of a man who lived and died 2,000 years ago. But they don't for one moment identify this Jesus Christ within their own wonderful human imagination. Then what are these words? Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? I am quoting from the 13th chapter of Second Corinthians. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Verse 5. If he is in me, then where is he? I read from the same letter, but the first letter, that he is my power, Jesus Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Well then, who is God? I am told that his name forever and forever is I am. His name is I am. Well, I am. While I can imagine, and the act of imagining is power, it's a creative power, and that's Jesus Christ. Well, I hadn't thought of that. You mean that is true that I am God? And the act of imagining the creative power of God that je- uh, that is Jesus. Hold on one sec. You mean I'm God? Oh, that Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, it didn't sound right for a second. You mean that is true that I am God and the act of imagining the creative power of God, that Jesus Christ? That's Jesus Christ. Now here, let me show you. What is the greatest commandment in the world? This question is asked in the 22nd chapter of Matthew, and the answer is given here, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one, Deuteronomy 6, 4. If you've ever gone to a temple and you hear this chanted, it's glorious in the Hebraic tongue. When you hear it, it's something fantastic. When you hear this peculiar sentence sounded, even in our English tongue, but hear it in Hebrew. It's fantastic. It's a sacred, the most sacred statement made uh, or sentence in Hebrew. They will not even sound the word when it comes to the Lord. They've changed it. So instead of saying, which is the yad He, he which on the other hand, it's a word you can't even pronounce. It's almost my old friend Abdullah and trying to show me how to pronounce it. He would have to belch. It's a belch. It's something you can't pronounce. Yadhe Bahe. But the Hebrew, the Orthodox Hebrew, will take the word and because it's too sacred to be sounded, they will take it and put another word in its place and call Adonai. Yah uh, Adonai. Adonai. Yah Adonai. Which is in the place of Yah He Bahe, which you can't really sound. But it begins this way, Shema, which is here. In the Hebrew text, the last letter of the word Shema is enlarged, Shema, or Sheme, Shema, I think, several times the size of the other letters and the last letter of the entire sentence, Akkad, which is one. That's enlarged, Akkad. If any of you guys speak Hebrew or understand Hebrew, I apologize for butchering any of this. Uh, so you take shema israel here israel and then comes the lord our god the lord is one that's the sentence this word akkad one is a compound unity one made up of others we are the others all of us the whole vast world we are the others but this enlarged letter in the first word or the last letter of the first word shema to here and the last letter of the last word akkad which is one And you put them together, and they form a Hebrew word meaning witness. Everyone in this world will witness this greatest of all commandments. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Everyone will witness that. You will stand in the presence of the risen Christ, who is the Lord. He will embrace you, and you're not two anymore. You are one. You are called one by one, by one, and we will answer correctly. As we answer that love is the greatest thing in the world love embraces us. That's the risen Lord. And one by one are gathered into one body. So the Lord our God are I am the Lord is one I am. So in the end, all are one. So I'm telling you this night, who this power is, the power spoken of in scripture as Jesus Christ is your own wonderful human imagination. By him, all things were made. And without him, there was nothing made that was made. John 1.3 Well, you can test that. That's easy to test. You mean I can assume that I am where I want to be, without means to get there, without the time to get there and find that things will so rearrange themselves that I will move across a bridge of incidents and be compelled to move to fulfill that assumption? Yes, I've done it. You mean i can assume that i am in some other part of the world across water and have someone see me as a man yes i've done that where my sister came into the room i just deliberately did it i wanted her to see me as though i were there she came into the room and came over to the bed and instead of seeing her son who was desperately ill she saw her brother neville Now, anyone who came into my room in new york city would have seen this body, and thought and thought that was Neville. Well, is this Neville? This isn't Neville. This is not the real being that I am. This is the garment that I found when I entered the cave. And so, when weary man enters his cave, he meets his savior in the grave. Some find a female garment there, and some a male, woven with care. Blake, from Gates of Paradise, page 771. When I entered, I found a male garment, but I am not male any more than anyone is male or female. We are man and man is above the organization of sex. He finds garments and their are male and female garments that he finds when he enters the cave, which suddenly becomes a grave, enters a cave and suddenly it's not a cave, it's a grave. And completely sealed, he entered it without going through any door. How can imagination enter? Well, anyone could see that. How could I go to Barbados thousands of miles away and be seen, visibly seen? And my sister writes a letter telling me exactly what she saw, which I told eight days in advance to my wife and to a friend what I had just done. So I told exactly what I had done to have confirmation come eight days later by mail how could I get there? You can get any place in this world in your imagination, about any place. You could be anyone you want to be if you really believe in the power of God and the power of God. And don't bend your head when I tell you, it's Jesus Christ. And this power and himself are one. I and my father are one, John 10:30. And so when you really know who this man is, suddenly the whole world takes on a different color. Everything changes in this world. And I am telling you, when you're told, be imitators of God as beloved children, you're invited to experience the biography of God. And you will. Well, how will I experience it? Well, read the scripture. Read the story of God, for the Bible is God's biography. The day will come you're going to have the experience of that biography. I've tried to express it in a little pamphlet called, He Breaks the Shell. It's a true story i could express it in the form it's a confession of faith in terms of a series of experiences i don't have any longer to believe in the story for i've experienced the story so no one can say do you believe it i don't have to believe it i know it i've experienced the story and the story is true for all that is said of the power of god personified as a being called jesus christ and all the experiences described in scripture concerning him You will experience, every one of you will. I could take a bullet and put it right through your brain right now, but I can't touch the shell that you entered. This skull is not the shell. This is only a symbol, a shadow of the place that you are. No power on earth. Take an atomic bomb and disintegrate all of us here. They can't disintegrate that shell that you entered when you, the weary man, entered your cave and found your savior in the grave. That sealed shell cannot be touched by anything known by man. No power on earth could disintegrate it. You remain there until you, from within, break it. And you go from here to another state to another state until finally you ripen from within, like a chicken. As you ripen from within, you break it, and you come out, and you're born anew. Everyone in this world will be born anew, and no one can stop it. No one in this world can, by decapitating you, by disintegrating you, in any way touch that shell that you enter. So he made the statement, those who will obey him and follow him, when they follow him, then by an ineffable, er, ineffable mystery. Well, if he meant what the dictionary means by ineffable, I wouldn't go along with it. Because as I looked it up to get the true definition of it, it means that which is too scared to be told. Well, I can't. I go along with Jeremiah. If I say I will not mention or speak any more of his name, then there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my veins, and I'm tired with holding it in, and I cannot. Verse 29. I just cannot. To say he mustn't talk about it because it's too... Now listen to these words, and now I will tell you before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe. So I will tell you before it takes place, that when it does take place, you will believe. You will, night after the breaking of the shell and the coming out, finding all the imagery is told in scripture. You will find that only being in this world that could ever reveal you as God the Father. I can tell you from now, till the end of time the whole vast world could tell you you could read it in books but you will never know it actually know it until God's only begotten son stands before you and looks at you and you know the relationship instantly the relationship is father to son and son to father no power in this world can reveal you as God the father but the son so we are told in scripture no one knows who the father is, but the father, and no one knows who the father is, but the son. And to anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him, Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. Well, that choice is automatic. And may I tell you, it happens just as you're told in scripture, just as it's described in scripture. And like a birth, it's an explosion. Your skull seems to contain many flowers, their buds and they burst into flower and each flower is an experience. And so this bursting, it's really the most terrific explosion. Your head simply explodes. And suddenly when the whole thing gathers and collects itself, there stands David. And then, you know, you are on my son. Today, I have begotten you Psalm 27. I brought you home. And here this fantastic boy just as he's described in scripture. You never dreamed for one moment he was contained within the stem of Jesus, or of Jesse. Who is Jesse? I am. The word Jesse means I am. What is God's name? I am. This is my name forever, for all generations. Just I am. Exodus three hundred fourteen. And contained within the stem of Jesse here comes David the 11th chapter of the book of Isaiah out of the stem of Jesse will come one and he brings him out to reveal what to reveal you as God the Father verse one. It seems strange. It seems fantastic to tell you this, but I can't restrain the impulse because it's true. I've experienced it between now and our closing day. I would like everyone to put it to the test, put it to the extreme test. I don't care what the test is, believe in the reality of your own wonderful imaginal act, for that's Christ in action. There's nothing but God, and God is your own wonderful I am. God in action is Christ, and Christ is your own wonderful human imagination. That's Christ, that's God. The day will come, yes, you will stand in the presence of the risen Christ, because it has been taking place now for quite a while that God has been waking. Everyone who is awake, awakened from this wonderful state he's absorbed without loss of identity into this one being. We're all being gathered one by one until the end. All are one because all are the father of the same son. There aren't many sons, only one son. You're gathered and gathering yourself into this one being. You look out and here is this one son calling you father. So here. Regardless of the pigment of my skin, I am wearing the scarlet robe. I could be this night as black as black as coal. I am wearing the scarlet robe. I could be as white as snow. I'm wearing the scarlet robe. It's a veil. When I meet in that cave, I meet a veil, and the veil simply has veins of red blood, and it weaves itself into the scarlet robe. Is it not a scarlet robe of blood? Cut any skin, regardless of pigment, if it's all blood, the same blood, same red blood, regardless of how we do it, and so all must wear the same scarlet robe. But it is not only a sleeping garment, for I entered that state for I'm weary, as Blake said, when weary man enters his cave, so I'm tired, to find that it's not just that I sleep, the sleep is so profound the garment becomes a funeral mantle." there i am in this state wearing my funeral mantle until i awake i awake to find myself completely sealed but completely sealed and then i break it and breaking that shell that egg i come out to be awake for the first time in unnumbered ages and the whole drama unfolds before me but it was all contained within that little stem of jesse which is i am So beginning tonight and through the weeks to come and the months to come, we will show you how we would do it, how I would become, if I desire to be other than what I am, what I, uh, what I would do to realize it. It's very simple. It's generating within oneself, a certain heat as if it were of enthusiasm. I can tell you something and you can be repulsed by it. That's all, or that's all cold. Or I can tell you something and you get all awake about it. That's enthusiasm and how to do it. The minute you become enthused about something, it's easy. You can span almost infinity by being enthused about being something other than what you are. And so that will be our technique from now on. So this coming Friday will tell you that a falsehood, an ordinary lie, is prophetic. And so as Blake brought it, she took it in her left hand and she enticed the daughters of Albion humanity to believe what was a lie, forgetting that falsehoods are prophetic. Everything became exactly what she told them. She completely forgot. She thought she would trap them with a lie, but a lie is not a lie because imagining creates reality. So you can imagine yourself to be other than what reason at the moment tells you that you are. What your senses dictate, but because imagining creates reality, you may be, or you can, by the lie, be very, very prophetic. And so here, one of the daughters of the 12 took in her left hand and in Blake symbolism, the left side is always uh, descending. So if you see in this pictures, the left foot forward, he's descending. If the right foot is forward, he's ascending. If the right hand is up, he's ascending, so the left is always uh, descent with Blake. And so she's bringing them into the world of Babylon, and bringing them here to entrap them, forgetting that falsehoods are prophetic. Then she cried out when she saw the whole thing coming to pass. Everything was taking place just as she had foretold in a deceitful manner. So here, I want you to take this and as we go through the weeks and months to come, take your every dream, which may be a lie when you begin, but you take it and apply it in the way that we'll try to explain it through the weeks and months to come and see if you can't bring it to pass in the immediate present. Then may I ask a favor of you Share it with me in the sense that you tell it to me that I in turn may tell it to those who are present, not only here, but when I leave here in this Uh, summer to go north and then go back to New York City in the fall, then I could share with them your experiences. Because nothing encourages people more than proof that it does work. Does it really work? Well, then tell me about it. As someone said to the minister, he was the head of this great, in fact, the oldest college at Oxford University, and he said, you ministers are making a great mistake. There you are in your pulpits trying to persuade man about Jesus Christ. You should be witnessing. Does this thing work? Then share it with the rest of us. Don't try to tell us about some being who lived 2,000 years ago, some being that I must worship. Does it work? If it works, then share it with the rest of us. And this was Lord Lindsay, who was master at the oldest of the colleges of Oxford University. And so I want you to share with me that I, in turn, may share with others so that I can tell everyone from here to the East Coast, to the North, as I travel, how this thing does work. While I may not have the desires because my world is a simple world, it's not as complex as as many, and so I have no real desire at the moment to transcend the way that I now live, the world in which I find myself seems quite nice, it's comfortable. And so there's no irritant in my world to make me want to transcend it. But maybe in your world there's an irritant and there's a reason for it. So if there's an irritant that you want to make more money or this, that or the other, well then, after applying this principle, then tell me of the results and I may share your good fortune with others by telling them. Now, let us go into the silence. All right, so there we have Novo Goddard's lecture from 1965 titled The Real Man. So thank you so much for joining me today. I will see you all next time. Bye now.